Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk radio. Get more passionate debate, more outspoken opinion and more digital debate for the UK. Your voice counts. Get it heard on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are back in the tent of shame. We are back on College Green. We are back in Westminster. Only this time, uh, it's not freezing cold. It is not horrible. It is not raining. It is beautiful sunshine. It is as if we are about to enter the dawn of a new era. Because guess what? That's exactly what we are going to do. Because just after around about 11.30 this morning, we are going to find that Boris Johnson is the new leader of the Conservative Party. Not quite Prime Minister yet. That's all going to happen tomorrow. But you can be very, very sure that this will be a sea change in British politics. We're joined by Nigel Evans. Ross Kempsell is here with me as well. We've got a whole host of MPs and political pundits to speak to over the next three hours. We also do want to hear from you, of course, because you are the voice of the people and we know that you have got an awful lot to say and an awful lot of common sense to impart right here on Talk Radio. 0344 499 1000. Don't worry about pale imitations. We are the only radio station who are live, who are down here in person in place and covering absolutely everything as it happens. Boris Johnson has always wanted to be the world king. He's going to have to settle for prime minister, I'm afraid, for the moment. But I think when he gets into power, he is going to be the best prime minister we've had since the last worst prime minister we've ever had, uh, who is, of course, Theresa May. She leaves on Wednesday. We will be saying cheerio. After what happened in the House of Commons yesterday with Jeremy Hunt and his appeasement of Iran, I think it is not too soon to get rid of these people and bring someone in who knows exactly what they're doing. Join us for the next three hours live right here in Westminster. Thankfully, the stop Brexit man uh, has been told uh, to get lost as well by the police, so the day could not be any better. 0344 499 1000. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. I, Dame Cheryl Gillan, the joint returning officer for the Conservative and Unionist Party leadership election, declare that the total number of eligible electors was 159,320. The turnout in the election was 87.4%. The total number of ballot papers rejected was 509. And the total number of votes given to each candidate was as follows. Jeremy Hunt, 
46,656. Boris Johnson, 92,153. And therefore, I give notice that Boris Johnson is elected as the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party. Well, I don't think that came as any great surprise. Colonel Bob Stewart, your immediate reaction. I'm surprised um, that it was slightly closer, perhaps, than we all thought it would be. Well, one vote is a win, but um, I think uh, that's a pretty convincing win for Boris. Try telling that to the Remainers of this world. Well, thank you very well, much. Good morning, everybody. Thank you. Boris is about to say thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio, Boris Johnson, uh, soon to be the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Thank you, everybody. Good morning. OK, right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Charles. Thank you very much, Brandon, for a fantastic, fantastic, well-organised campaign. I think it did a lot of credit, as, as Brandon has just said, to our party, to our values and to uh, our, our ideals. But I want to begin by thanking my opponent, Jeremy, by common consent, an absolutely formidable campaigner and a great leader and a great politician. Jeremy, in the course of 20 hustings, in more, I mean 20 hustings or hustings-style events, it was more than 3,000 miles, by the way, it was about 7,000 miles uh, that we did crisscrossing uh, the country. You've been friendly, you've been good-natured, you've been a font of excellent ideas, all of which I propose to steal uh, <laughs> forthwith. And above all, I want to thank our outgoing leader, Theresa May, for her extraordinary service to this party and to this country. It was a, a privilege. It was a privilege to serve in her cabinet and to see the passion and determination that she brought to the many causes that are her legacy, from equal pay for men and women to tackling the problems of mental health and racial discrimination in the criminal justice system. Thank you, Theresa. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you, all of you here today, and obviously everybody in the Conservative Party, for your hard work, for your campaigning, uh, for your public spirit, and obviously for the extraordinary honour and privilege that you have just conferred on me. And I know that there will be people around the place, who will question the wisdom of your decision. Uh, and there may even be some people here who still wonder what, quite what they have done. And I would just point out to you that, of course, nobody, no one party, no one person has a monopoly of wisdom. But if you look at the history of the last 200 years of this party's existence, you will see that it is we Conservatives who have had the best insights, I think, into human nature and in the best, in, the best insights into how to manage the jostling sets of instincts in the human heart. And time and again, it is to us that the people of this country have turned to get that balance right between the instincts to own your own house, uh, your own home, to earn and spend your own money, to look after your own family, good instincts, proper instincts, noble instincts, and the equally noble instinct to share and to give everyone a fair chance in life and to look after the poorest and the neediest and to build a great society. And on the whole, in the last 200 years, it is we Conservatives 
who have understood best how to encourage those instincts to work together in harmony to promote the good of the whole country. And today, at this pivotal moment in our history, we again have to reconcile two sets of instincts, two noble sets of instincts, between the deep desire for friendship and free trade and mutual support in security and defence between Britain and our European partners, and the simultaneous desire, equally deep and heartfelt, for democratic self-government in this country. And of course, there are some people who say that they're irreconcilable, and it just can't be done. And indeed, I read in my Financial Times this morning, devoted reader that I am, seriously, it's a great, 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 great British, great British brand. I read in my Financial Times this morning that there are no incoming leader, no incoming leader has ever faced such a daunting set of circumstances, it said. Well, I look at you this morning and I ask myself, do you look daunted? Do you feel daunted? I don't think, I don't think you look remotely daunted uh, to me. And I think that we know that we can do it and that the people of this country are trusting in us to do it and we know that we will do it. And we know the mantra of the campaign that has just gone by. In case you've forgotten it, you probably have. It's always, always a couple of, it is deliver Brexit, unite the country and defeat Jeremy Corbyn. And that is what we're going to do. We're going to defeat Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, his own version of Yes We Can, really, that uh, particular thing. You're listening to Talk Radio. Uh, Ross Kempson is here with us. Ross, what do you make of it? OK, been crunching the numbers, this is a really significant victory for Boris Johnson in terms of the margin. So he has won 66% to 34% for Jeremy Hunt. That is exactly on the money that we predicted an hour ago that was the briefing from the campaign. So a widely expected result. The Boris Johnson campaign has briefed that as something that they are happy with. They've tried to influence the interpretation of that as a positive result. Now, going a little bit deeper into... Let's just hear the final bit of his speech just before you do that. It will bring in a new spirit of can-do. And we are once again going to believe in ourselves and what we can achieve. And like some slumbering giant, we are going to rise and ping off the guy ropes of self-doubt and negativity with better education, better infrastructure, more police, fantastic full-fibre broadband sprouting in every household. We are going to unite this amazing country and we are going to take it forward. I thank you all very much for the incredible honour that you have just done me. I will work flat out from now on with my team that I will build, I hope, in the next few days to repay your confidence. But in the meantime, the campaign is over and the work begins. Thank you all very much. This is Talk Radio. That's Boris Johnson. He's going to be the new Prime Minister. Ross Kempson has just been explaining to us how significant a victory this has been for him. Yeah, Boris Johnson winning by a two-to-one margin. 66% of the vote amongst Tory members to Jeremy Hunt on 34%. A two-to-one victory. So Boris Johnson bringing that in at a hugely significant margin. I don't think you can call that anything other than a landslide for Boris Johnson. He will be extremely pleased with that. It is north of the numbers that his team, uh, the region of the numbers that his team expected, although they will be attempting to to influence that interpretation. There is a huge sense in which this result now gives Boris Johnson a mandate
forward uh, as the future Prime Minister. He will become Prime Minister tomorrow and attempt to deliver what he's promised. Now, Boris Johnson, Alexander Boris Johnson, 55 years old, who as a boy said he wanted to be World King, will tomorrow be crowned Prime Minister. He has promised uh, to deliver Brexit, as he repeated in that speech by the 31st of October, which is become reality. How do what Boris Johnson has said there in the campaign, as he said, the campaign is over, the work begins, does does the work succeed? That is the question on everyone's lips. That is the big question. Colonel Bob Stewart here with me. Bob, um, are you inspired by that? A slumbering giant awakening, pinging off the guy ropes uh, of uh, what was holding this country back and great again. All very good words. It sounded a bit like that, yes we can, Bill Clinton campaign of uh, 1992, if you don't mind me saying so. I'm up for that. Uh, you know, I think actually what we need is a bit more excitement in our politics now. We're going to get that with Boris. We want real leadership. Uh, we want style. He's, he's got it. He is a very good writer. His columns a lot. Um, he's a good deliverer. He, he, he is a strange form of delivery um, when he's on his feet, uh, in a way stumbling, but it works extremely well. And I think Boris is a very intelligent man. And one thing he's really good at is choosing people who can do the job well. And he not be afraid to delegate and that frankly is what i want we've had too much of a presidential move in this country where the prime minister has to sanction everything this time i hope we're going to get collective cabinet responsibility in all terms and some of these big announcements will be done by secretaries of state i hope that will be the case and um, we've been saying on talk radio ross Campbell, for some time that uh, we're expecting a raft of uh, of resignations as soon as boris johnson is uh, crowned as it were which he's just been um when do you expect to see that happening if indeed it hasn't happened already we're just getting an unconfirmed report that david gork has resigned as justice secretary immediately off the back of this announcement now he has tweeted that he expects to return to the back benches tomorrow whether that means he's put in his resignation letter right now we're just confirming but it looks like David Gork has just walked out of the government as Justice Secretary as was widely expected that will be followed I think by Philip Hammond meeting on final confirmation whether that's gone in that resignation letter but it looks like David Gork walking out immediately it looks as though Gork as he said he would uh, would walk out um, Philip Hammond of course said he would uh, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter they were going to go anyway uh, this is to sort of pep up their ego. I mean, frankly, they're lucky to have been ministers up till now. Mm. It's a real privilege. They are equally lucky to be members of parliament. And some of these people that are going to cause difficulty should actually remember that, that if they want to remain as a member of parliament, they should actually keep the Conservative Party on side. Yes, they absolutely should. I think I couldn't agree more. Because uh, as we've seen, Ross, mm -hmm. you know, uh, once you're out, you're out. It's yesterday's man, yesterday's potatoes, uh, you know, the cold uh, meal that you didn't eat yesterday. Nobody really wants to heat it up again. So, I mean, what we've seen there is Boris Johnson, as I said, I thought he would do, uh, being the sort of more serious Boris Johnson, less buffoonery, of course a little bit of humour still, um, but very determined and, and very sure of himself. Yeah, I think he wanted to tone down that sense in which he uh, is often perceived. He mm. tried to deliver that, I think, in a more prime ministerial style. Just to give you an idea on the numbers where this 
compares to previous leaders of the Conservative Party. Boris Johnson's on 66%. David Cameron was confirmed on the members' ballot by 67.6%, so it's around the same kind of mandate that David Cameron had coming into this result. It's much stronger than Ian Duncan Smith had at this stage, who was on 60%. So, look, you can tell in the broad sweep of the modern history of the Conservative Party that nobody really can question Boris Johnson's mandate. It's a two-to-one mandate. It's the mandate that he said he was going to get, that he wanted, and it was the mandate that he has said will allow him to deliver uh, Brexit on the 31st of October. What that looks like in government, of course, is a question for tomorrow, but I think there's no doubt that the top line out of this result is that Boris Johnson has essentially, in political terms, trounced Jeremy Hunt to that result, and that his mandate with Tory members is exactly where he wanted it to be. And what we want to do now here on Talk Radio is take some of your calls, because of course that is what we do. 0344 499 1000 is the number. We'll be taking calls all day, of course, as well. Matthew Wright is here from 1 o'clock. The Tent of Shame has been erected. We'll be here tomorrow as well, uh, because we're actually having a sort of leaving drink scenario for Theresa May, uh, who is leaving after Prime Minister's questions, her last Prime Minister's questions, of course, uh, where she will then go to Buckingham Palace to officially resign uh, to Her Majesty the Queen, who's coming back from Balmoral, especially uh, for the occasion. Boris Johnson will then um, take over at Downing Street, uh, having uh, gone to see the Queen as well. Uh, So the the new era really begins right now. Do you feel sort of um, embellished by the new era, Bob? You know what? I'm quite excited because actually politics has been in the doldrums for so long. Mm. I'm quite excited that we're going to have something, a catalyst, to actually shift what's happening. And what I want is politics to be sorted out by getting this Brexit matter resolved and then let us actually get back to what I'm in politics for, really, which is trying to look after, like everyone else, look after the country and get it as good as possible mm. for our successors. And getting back to some constituency business, I know a lot of you guys have been yeah. doing that anyway, but it must have been quite frustrating at times trying to uh, to do the day-to-day business of, of helping out your constituents well, with all of this in the background. We get hundreds of emails, you know, saying, back Boris, don't back Boris, back Hunt, you know, get out of the European Union, why are you doing this? You know, really, the emails I really want to get are people with personal problems that I can actually sort out. That is what I want to do, and should do. And these guys that are worried about their flipping position in the cabinet actually get real, smell the coffee. They are dead lucky to be members of parliament, as I am. Indeed they are. And let's go to the calls now. We've got lots of people who want to talk uh, to us about this, because this is where, on Talk Radio, uh, you get the common sense from the people calling in. 0344 499 1000 is the number. Jenny uh, is in High Wycombe. Hi, Jenny. Hello there, Mike. Hi. Hello, Jenny. Hi, yes, Jenny. Um, what would you like to say? I'm here. Yeah, I'm just, I just wanted to say, trust Lord Adonis to do his usual nonsense about wanting to remain in the EU. I mean, he's always like that. Yes. Whatever radio station he's on, he's denigrating the UK. He's going on about being in the EU. We are getting out. We voted to leave. Never mind how many people it was. It's the majority. We voted to leave. We are getting out. It doesn't make you racist, this, that, and the other. I speak two European languages. I'm married to somebody who's not white and for heaven's sake. But it doesn't mean that you don't want to be that you want to be in the EU. I've lived in the EU, I've got paid in French francs. I don't want to be in the communist state EU to tell us what to do. We're an independent country. We voted out, we're getting out, and uh, thankfully Boris will see that we just get on with it. He will see that we're getting on with it because he's yeah, very was, popular. Well, I was going to ask you, Jenny. Do you feel more? Do you, do you feel more confident now that we will actually get out on the thirty-first of October? 
Yes, I do. And I do agree with what some people say in that, you know, he's not a major, you know, he doesn't pay major attention to detail. I mean, we just have to look at the Nazanin Zagari Ratcliffe business. Um, that's, that's quite unfortunate. But fortunately, he will have lots of people to do the detailed stuff for him. The main thing is that he's liked enormously by all sorts of people. He's popular uh, and he, he engenders positivity in people. And that is very important. You only have to look at him on the news and all these programs going around, all these people who want their pictures taken with him. That's what we need, some positivity. That's exactly what we need. Absolutely. To be positive. Jenny, you're absolutely right. It was extraordinary. Thank you very much for your call. We'll take more calls coming up in a bit as well. But, uh, but Ross, I mean, you were there at uh, every Hustings pretty much and at yeah. uh, the Talk Radio uh, Sun debate as well that took place in the News UK building. And it was quite remarkable to see the way people react to Boris Johnson, um, wanting to have their picture taken with him. He is treated like a bit of a rock star. And he's the first kind of... Um, I guess, rock star type prime minister we've had since Tony Blair, really, isn't he? Yes, he has a celebrity factor about him. I mean, I've, I've uh, conducted journalism interview with Boris Johnson, but also followed him to things, but also been in the room with him on several other occasions, on, on private occasions. And I can tell you my honest observation is that this is somebody who's wanted to be prime minister for their entire life. This is somebody who is going to see this almost uh, in a messianic sense as their kind of God-given duty to do this and to try to deliver this. And he will throw out absolutely everything at this. We've got a breaking line just coming through from the European Union. Michel Barnier has reacted. He says, we look forward to working constructively with Boris Johnson to facilitate the ratification of the withdrawal agreement and achieve an orderly Brexit. But importantly, the European Union just saying on the back of this, we're also ready to rework the agreed declaration absolutely. on a new park Which is what I said. Yep. So, so that's not the political declaration. That's not the withdrawal agreement. So it's not the Brexit deal. It's about uh, the future uh, partnership arrangement. But that uh, is a significant... But it's an, it's an indication, well. isn't it, as, as Colonel Bob said, it's an indication that, that things that are formerly, you know, stuck in the mud and, and absolutely hemmed in by red lines uh, can actually be changed. I'm fed up with people that saying we, saying we can't do things. Right. We are in Parliament to actually change, to actually lead to make things happen and that's what we should so if it's not right let's get it right and getting it right right now with boris johnson seems to be the best way forward yeah. he actually wants to do what the people said they wanted yes which was out they didn't say by the way uh, people arguing um out um without a no deal mm. out with a no deal they just said that's out. Said out. And they I've said, said out this, not said you know deals of, or anything and i've said this to many of your colleagues uh, in parliament you know it's not good enough for mps to say oh it's very complicated it's your job to figure it out it's your job to get through it and it's your job to make it work but let's talk to richard in manchester and see what he has to say richard a very good uh, afternoon to you Oh, Mike, that's been a great, great pleasure today to listen to you all. I think it's a, a great program. Uh, you're doing very, very well. I hope you're going to do better. But most of all, when Lord Adonis came on, I was screaming. And, uh, you know, that man is so <laughs> negative and so stupid. How he's in the Lords, I don't know. Because people must go up to him and think... Oh, well, he's not voted in the Lords, is he? He's not, he's not, you know, he's appointed. Well, he's never actually been elected anywhere, has no, he? No. But, but are you now uh, feeling the joys of spring are upon us, uh, Richard? Do you feel somehow inured and uh, reawoken and as like a sleeping giant about to sort of uh, ping off the guy, the guy ropes, as Boris said? Mike, if he can just 
get some help and if he picks the right people and he takes no notice of the of the soothsayers, the ones who are really against him just because of one thing they want us to remain in and the Lib Dems and all these other people, you know what Mike, I'm not swearing, but they can all go to hell. Let's take this country now from what it is <laughs> now and let's go forward and let us do the job and I know that we can irrespective but they've got to back him and I'm sure that him and his personality and his family and everybody else and I might add a Mike Graham's enthusiasm as well because you have given us all a voice and that's priceless to us old age pensioners sitting at home I'm telling you Mike I'm so proud of you thank you very much Richard, you're yeah. a very kind man, and long may it continue. And uh, I'll tell uh, Bob Stewart here, who's a, who's a friend of the show, um, this is what the country needs. The country is full of people like Richard, optimists, people who want to do what they voted for, who didn't, uh, unlike uh, Lord Adonis says, uh, not know what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew precisely what they wanted. They wanted to be free of this yoke of the European Union, of people like Michel Barnier, uh, of the newly elected uh, Ursula as the new commissioner coming in for Jean-Claude Juncker, of Donald Tusk and all of those people uh, who basically just run their, their, their little world as they would wish it to be run without any uh, permission really from us. Mike, the bottle for me has just gone from half filled to three quarter filled. Mm. Okay, I'm very optimistic about the country. We have, you know, it's not trite to say we've got a great country. Our economy is doing well. We are actually employing far more people than we have done for a very long time. And now what we want to do is to get the economy even better so we can put more money into education, health, into looking after the people that need to be looked after properly. Because frankly, we haven't got enough there. And Boris has said that he wants to expand upon all of those things. Um, and I suppose the proof will be in the pudding as to how soon he can get at that. He says he's going to work throughout the summer. I'm sure that's going to happen. Mm. Um, but there's not an awful lot of time left to negotiate with the Europeans, is there? If, in fact, they are willing to renegotiate certain bits uh, of the uh, agreement going forward. Look, they've already agreed Mrs May's deal, OK? Now, if I was Boris, um, I would say, well, there's a start point. Let us take the deal without the backstop and actually see how that flies. Put the backstop with this Northern Ireland business um, uh, in, into the sort of implementation period, which we can do. Let's do that. Let's get a deal. Let's get it through this place. Let's get a, a majority in Parliament for that deal. Then put that deal to uh, the European Union, to the capitals if necessary, and say, look, here's the choice. You can either have this deal, which we've now got parliamentary approval for, We've got this deal, or it's a no deal. There are big advantages for you in accepting this deal, such as the amount of money you would get. We want to remain friends. We, we do not want a deal that stuffs you or stuffs us. We are actually concerned. We are Europeans. We're not not Europeans. And with regard to the Northern Ireland backstop, you are actually talking here to someone that's run a hard border for two years. Yes. In, and you know an awful lot more about it than most of the people here yeah. that say they can't uh, do it. And here comes Nigel Evans, who's uh, 
straight in from the um, 1922 committee. Uh, and not only you... not only that, but Nigel mm. Evans, who has already appeared on the show before the, the, the committee meeting and before the announcement, so we get post and pre. Mike's such Evans. a creep. Mike, he, you know, he's such a creep. Mike, Mike texting <laughs> me. He, he loves Bob Stewart on. Quick, he, get he on loves, you. Uh, you you got a flipping nerve, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're both happy, as you can see. Well, Mike. absolutely right. The three of us are happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My um, goodness, you've got cold hands. How did you manage that? Yeah, I don't know. He's been in the air conditioning up I have, you know, actually. drinking yeah. cold shabbly somewhere. Now, where's yeah, the champagne probably. reception for, uh, for Boris Johnson? This well, I think he got it right when he said the campaign's over, the work now begins. Yes. And that's what he's got to do. So no yeah. time for champagne, I'm afraid, Boris. Uh, it was lovely to see Stanley and uh, Rachel yes. and Joe. Mm. The family were surrounding him today, which was wonderful. And uh, was Joe there? Joe was there too. Joe, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, I had a chat with Stanley. And it's a very proud day Isn't for Stanley. Isn't Stanley a lovely bloke? Brilliant. Absolutely I mean, brilliant. I remember selling a book with Stanley in Blackwell's. Uh -huh. Okay, I'd written a book, he'd written a book. After an hour and a half, Mike, we'd sold nothing. <laughs> so I said, I'll tell you what, I'll buy yours, you buy mine. We'll put our sales up by 100%, <laughs> which we did. Absolutely right. Yeah. So, Nigel, what's the feeling in the party? I mean, Boris was quite um, candid when he said there are a few people who might think this is a bad idea. There might even be some people in the room uh, who might think it's a yeah, bad idea. It's definitely well, that. Well, yeah. was, there, was there a bit of uh, sort of grimacing going on in certain corners? Not that I saw. No? Uh, people got to their feet. They were cheering. I, I, I know within the room there was electricity. And I think that we are beginning to sense the positivity yes. um, that uh, he spoke about in that article he wrote a couple of days ago, which is where we need to be. So that he, he mentioned the mantra, which was, uh, leave on October the 31st, unite the country and defeat Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. Well, he can do it in that order if he likes, but I, I, if he gets us out on October the 31st, uh, then the country will unite because then we'll be able to uh, concentrate on that domestic agenda which he did touch upon uh, towards the end of his speech and then we've got that general election coming and uh, if Jeremy Corbyn's still the leader of the Labour Party it's more important than ever that we win that election. There's still an awful lot of unknowns but there's a lot of people on uh, the positive side. John has tweeted me saying Mike this is the first time I've ever been excited about an incoming Prime Minister and I'm sure my excitement is shared by millions. Yep. Um, and so I think there is a common theme there mm. um, that whatever Boris has done and hasn't done um, he's sort of galvanised the world of politics again. No absolutely he's changed it uh, and he always was going to change it and I suspect you know uh, you, you heard that there's 159,000 members of the Tory party. That's a bit on the low side for me. Um, well, I, one of the things I think the new incoming chairman's got to do working alongside the Prime Minister is increase that number. Mm. And I think the excitement that you've just heard from one of your listeners will be replicated. Yeah. And is, he a, and is he a good Prime Minister for the donors? Will you be able to get the donations oh, up? Because yeah, no that's always there. been a problem for well, the Tory party in recent years. Well, we, well I mean, we, they, they should actually reduce it's 25 quid a year to, to be a member of the Conservative Party. I think that's too much. Tenor. Um, you know, let's well, be careful, that. otherwise we'll be in that three quid territory that Jeremy Corbyn We don't Corbyn want three quid, in. but ten would do. Yeah, but I the, mean, it's too much. The, 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 um, I think the important thing um, is that people see the positivity and then start to get behind him. And I, listen, we're going to lose some members, mm. but I think it's going to be overall a net gain of thousands mm. because we've just gone through the most awful uh, two and a half, three years you know, my 27 year, oh really. gosh so we've got to get on with it now and um, and so it's going to be you know very exciting over the next 24 48 hours you see if bob becomes secretary of state for defense which i've I already been asked i've already been asked i went into the tea room last year last week you know yeah. this mike 
Oh, well, these wannabes sitting there. And I said, oh, really nice. I've just had a word with Boris. Mm. Boris is a really good bloke. He's just offered me Secretary of State for Defence. They went, what? What? No, look, the fact of the matter is, it's going to be a really exciting time. I hope Boris hasn't made promises to anyone, and he now puts together a team that's actually going to be world-beating. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, there are people, in my view, that actually, some people find it strange, but John Redwood is a man that should be in the cabinet. Oh, Rob. Okay. And, and you're the only one, uh, MP I know, who can drive a tank, Bob. So I think you'd be good on I've defense. got an H on my license. You can stick him the on the, uh, the the border in Northern Ireland as well, and he'd be yeah, fine there. But that's another story fine. altogether. I'll tell you what, yeah, he... he, he, he the, the, He's been Bob's, there before. Bob Stewart, the backstop. <laughs> backstop Bob, as they call uh, Anyway, they're so big, guys. I was always putting goal in at school. I, listen, guys, thank area. you. Let's, I've, I must stop because we haven't done any news for ages. There's a lot of news to do because yeah. Boris Johnson is about to become the next Prime Minister. Nigel, thank you very thank much. Thank you very indeed. much, Mark. Bob, thank you very much indeed. Okay. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Support comes from ServiceNow the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Well, what an exciting day. Welcome back to Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live in College Green. We are in Westminster, of course, basking in the sunshine. I've actually got used to it now. I think I may have actually stopped perspiring uh, quite as much as I was at the start of the show. I'm here with Paul Conyu, um, columnist for the New European, and Patrick Glockland, uh, former Tory party chairman. Patrick, welcome uh, to the Tent of Shame. Sorry, it's quite as hot as it is. Um, we've been here in all sorts of weather. We've been in bad weather. Uh, we've been in choppy waters. We've had Theresa May doing not very much for three years. Her time is now up. It's a new era for the Tory party now. Um, is it something that you can look forward to and honestly say to me, sitting here, that this will be different? I, I very much hope so. I, I think the truth is that Theresa May has had a very difficult time as Prime Minister and you know, we, 
we as a party have got to learn the lessons of what went wrong as far as the withdrawal agreement is concerned. And Boris has got to take that forward and um, has said that, uh, you know, we're going to leave by the 31st of October. So it's a tough challenge, but uh, I think Boris will uh, deliver on it. It's a tough challenge indeed. Paul, uh, you were saying to us earlier, as as Boris himself quoted the FT this morning, saying uh, that he enters the uh, the doors of Downing Street uh, with perhaps the biggest challenge that any Prime Minister has ever faced. Uh, and I don't know whether that's entirely true, but certainly uh, he is going to be faced with an awful lot of problems. Well, uh, Boris was in the mood for, for, for using moon metaphors a couple of days ago. Well, I think it's a, a, a big step for Boris Johnson and a giant step into the unknown for Great Britain. <laughs> well, indeed, that could well be. Well, it's better than standing still, I suppose, right? <laughs> yeah, well, well, I think, I, I, I think he, Boris was probably hoping for a slightly higher lead over Jeremy Hunt. And if you take into account, you know, these, to, to me, the surprising percentage who didn't vote at all for whatever reason, we now have a Prime Minister imposed by one quarter of one percent of the British electorate, and it would seem that barely half of them oh, voted come, for Boris. Come on, come on. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. This is the first time a Prime Minister has had such a wide franchise. Gordon Brown was elected just by MPs, and so this is the first time party members have had uh, a say in who would be uh, the Prime but Minister Patrick, of the country. I can remember. I can remember... I mean, he's right about Gordon Brown. You can't have it both ways. You can't say that Gordon Brown... Well, Labour right. at least had a working majority. You know, well, this is the first time a Prime Minister yeah, but has it doesn't been... Matter. The Tory sedor- party is still in government. But I'd also... Patrick, what do you make of Boris's 2007 excoriating article in the Sunday in the Telegraph when he's when he said that Brown succeeding Blair without a general election was you know an abuse you know of democracy and a and a giant con on the British public. I think if we start going over all the Boris's uh, articles, we'll have found a lot of contradictions. Well, because the, the important job that. The important job now for Boris is to get on with the job and to deliver on what he said we need to deliver on and move us on from the whole question of Brexit, which has dogged the country uh, for far too long. But it will still dog the country. Do you seriously believe, Patrick, that he, that he can take us out with an agreement by Halloween? Well, let's, let's see. It's going to be tough. He accepts it's going to be tough. Uh, but I think the country uh, wants the issue of Brexit ending so that we can get on to other issues. Well, and, and, and so we should. Well, if you yeah. believe the consistent opinion polls, in fact, the majority of the country no longer wants to leave the EU. That's not well, true. Well, that I is don't, not true. I'm I don't, I don't, I don't think you... Uh, no, the majority uh, of the country polls. will say in an opinion poll they don't want to leave with no deal. They will not say that they don't want to leave. In fact, quite the reverse. Many well, it depends which poll you look at, but... Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. You can, yeah, well, that's, you can that's, find, that's, that's absolutely you can, you know, a point. So when, depends so when, which poll you want so to read. depends which poll you look at, but if you look at the ones but the Paul poll, looks at, But the polls are consistently moving against no, no, a hard well, Brexit. Look, look, everybody was clear. The Labour Party voted for the referendum. We were all clear that it was a binding vote. I voted to remain. I lost the vote, but I accept the vote. And we've got to move on. You can't start shopping and changing. Don't give me that democracy is a movable feast thing, because, you know, well, basically is, every Mike. seat... Well, of course it is, yes, but first you have to enact the original uh, election before you have another one. But you and also, that's what we need to do. But so you also the bottom, have, hang on but, a second. The bottom line is, right, that we need to get on with leaving the European Union. And then once we've left the European Union, yeah. you can have your second referendum and decide whether you want to go back no, into it. But you can't just sit there and say, oh, well, the thing is, nobody <laughs> knew what they were voting for. It's not absurd. That's absurd it is Mike. completely and utterly neither, the way that it works. Neither of the Leave campaigns during the referendum 
campaigned on on a no deal. Well, actually, the, sold in, 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 fair, keep going over and in over. In fairness, this. if we go back to the referendum, there was a lot of things which were said at the referendum which were not true on both sides. The fact is, the British people decided we've got to implement that, and Boris will take that forward and needs to get the support uh, of people behind him. But the social I, I was demographics a, change. So what's, what's, what's wrong with finding out whether whether an up-to-date test? Because of the we will never of the delivered on the referendum. We need to deliver on the referendum. That I am. And every party and every politician and every MP said that that's what would happen. That's what's wrong uh, with going back to the people to ask them again. Uh, Patrick, thank you very much indeed. I know you've got to run. Let's go to the phones. 03444991000. Vernon uh, is calling in. Uh, he's in Poland, it says here. Hello, Vernon. Michael, how you doing? Very well indeed, sir. What's going on? Uh, I'm over the moon. Sitting here in my lounge, I'm just having a little celebration that Boris is now the PM. And finally, we will at least attempt to deliver Brexit. It won't be easy. I'm sure the EU will do a deal. Uh, so I expect us to leave with a deal. Well, they've already indicated no... they're willing to move on it, haven't they? It's amazing if you have something that's positive. I mean, do you listen to uh, Colonel Bob Stewart you had on earlier? What an amazing man. So positive, so forthright. And Boris is a younger version. It's, it's a great day to be English. It really is a great day to be English. So I glad. think it's a great day to be British, actually, to be honest, Vernon. I mean, let's not forget our colleagues in Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland. Yeah, the, Scot true, the Scotland and Ireland have voted against. <laughs> <laughs> well, only by a, a margin uh, slightly bigger than the way they voted against uh, uh, independence. But listen, Vernon, go and have another celebratory uh, libation for me, because I can't have one until the show is over. Although tomorrow we will be having some leaving drinks for Theresa May, uh, even though there are some out there who are suggesting that maybe she'll change her mind and just Could decide to remain uh, in the Downing Street. Hemlock Shandy. <laughs> in the Downing Street locked room cupboard for a while. But seriously, I mean, what I'd like to see, Paul, and you and I differ on this, of course, um, I'd like to see an end to this constant backwards and forwards ridiculous arguing that people have done now for the, pretty much the last three years, where Remainers remain absolutely and utterly wedded to the idea that this was a fraudulent referendum, that it should not be uh, counted, that it should be held again because nobody knew what they were doing. It gets us absolutely nowhere. It's where we haven't got anywhere for three years. And, and frankly... The public, by and large, and I mean by and large, because it's only a rel relatively small number of very, very obsessive Remainers who keep going on about it, um, and even Parliament now, they want to get on with it. They want to do a deal. They would rather leave with a deal, and I think everybody should get behind Boris and just let's try but and Boris get it done. But Boris is not going to get through... He's not going to get a no deal through Parliament. So, unless, so if he does risk proroguing Parliament, we then are in the, you know, in the world of a huge constitutional crisis. I don't believe he may back off from that so, some some people who are close to him think he will but others think he won't and he's been his, the shape of his cabinet tomorrow will be uh, you know will be interesting that'll show us you know whether he's a broad church boris or a very narrow you know loyalists only boris and his choice of chancellor and foreign secretary assuming that he doesn't be magnanimous and keep Jeremy Hunt on, which might, in the current Iran crisis, be a wise thing to do. But he might. Well, I'm not sure that, that he should because I wasn't too keen on uh, Boris. Uh, sorry, Jeremy Hunt's kind of reaction yesterday. You know, he waited ages to make a statement in Parliament. He then decided to send another ship, and he then told us it was going to take a week to get there. Now, if he'd made the statement quicker uh, and got it organised quicker, the boat could be halfway there. You know, and it struck me that he was being I mean, so desperate to try and prove himself as a, a loyal member of the European Union.
Union rather than an ally of Donald Trump's, uh, that he sort of jumped the wrong way and said, oh, well, of course, we don't want to antagonise Iran. And in fact, we don't want to do anything with America. But what we'd like to do is form some kind of seafaring um, squad, which the EU currently doesn't have, with the EU. The Trump question is an interesting, is an interesting one because... Th- you know, the hard Brexiteers throughout the campaign and since, you know, in Parliament have been accused, saying that we're a vassal state of the EU, which is, you know, highly dubious. But I think there's a much more realistic risk post, certainly post a no deal Brexit, that we would become a vassal state de facto of Donald Trump's America. I don't think the British public particularly radish that prospect. Well, I'll tell you what, we've just been joined by Nigel Dodds, who's the leader, of course, of the DUP uh, here in Westminster, so we can talk an awful lot uh, about our friends in Northern Ireland and indeed Scotland and Wales, uh, who Paul Conyu is convinced want to remain in the European Union, Nigel. Well, I mean, the, the, the referendum result in Northern Ireland did show a majority in Northern Ireland who wished to remain. But so did London and other parts yeah. of the UK. As so it's a, yeah, yeah. So it's a UK-wide referendum, and uh, people, I think now generally that I speak to, know whether remain or leave, just want the matter dealt with and want it over with, and they, they want an end to this yeah. current limbo. Absolutely right. And what's but, your what's your take? But, but, but what, what sort of end to the limbo, though, Nigel? You know, oh, get no out, get out. I mean, we need, we need we need to do Brexit. I mean, deliver on the referendum result and 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 leave. I mean, if people want to argue after that that we should rejoin at some point in the future, that's fine. But you can't ignore the democratic decision of the people of the United Kingdom. You just can't ignore it. Well, people make, it awful, over, people make an it. awful lot of Boris Johnson's kipper speech and was he telling lies and all of that. You know, frankly <laughs> the speaking, that is yes. uh, <laughs> the answer to that is not yes, actually. It's much more complicated than that, but I would expect you to say that. But here's the yeah. point. Um, in the end, every single MP who promised to uh, follow up the referendum by doing what the referendum will of the people was, has technically lied by saying that because they haven't done it yet. Yeah, well, I mean, look at the vast majority of MPs who voted for the triggering of Article 50. Yeah. I mean, did they really mean it? Some of them are now saying, you know, that they would go for revoke, that they would undermine, bring down the government. Well, why did they vote for the triggering of Article right. 50 then? They need to be asked, well, what was your Perfectly lies? What, 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 what was the... What was the point of doing that if you never actually seriously believed? Because you must have known you're intelligent enough, you're sensible enough, you, you're, you're experienced government mm. ministers to know that at the end of two years there's either a deal or there's no deal, but you still triggered Article 50. There were no caveats put into it. No, absolutely right. And what do you make of the uh, the Boris Johnson, Jeremy Hunt sort of uh, race to number 10 that's been going on? I mean, it's been kind of occupying us all for slightly longer than it needed to, I think. But, but a good day for the DUP to see Boris Johnson about to become the new Prime Minister? Well, I mean, yeah, we know Boris very, very well. We also have very good relations with Jeremy Hunt. What was interesting is that both of them basically had a very similar policy on Brexit under the withdrawal agreement in the end. Um, and, and Jeremy Hunt obviously took the temperature of his own party and the mood of Conservative voters and shifted his position more towards Boris's mm. position. So I think that, you know, we look forward to working with Boris. We have three main priorities. Secure the Union, Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Secure Brexit. Uh, get it done. And also get the restoration of devolved government at Stormont and Belfast. Uh, is there anything in what Boris has said in the past about uh, the way that he sees a, a, a sort of a, a, a joint agreement with the DUP that troubles you at all? No, I mean our, our deal is with the Conservative Party deliberately. It was signed by the Chief Whips back in back in 2017 so it continues for five years. It is subject to review at the end of the parliamentary session. We've had now the longest parliamentary session in history. Well, nobody and, wants to, and, to and blink, and nobody, do they? Nobody wants to actually bring it to an end for fear of what happens but we'll sit down with Boris in the coming days and we'll work our way through that review but the the essence of the agreement is in place for five years. But Nigel, do you fear, that, as some some hard Brexiteers do, that Boris could well U-turn, certainly on leaving on a no-deal basis and certainly by October the 31st? Well, look, I mean, you know, 
there, there are no guarantees in life. Who can say for certain? But I think it would be very, very difficult for Boris on the basis on which he's been elected and given the circumstances that he faces, given the European elections, for him not to deliver on, on the essential promises that he has made. But he's and in I a minority government with, with pro- at least 30, possibly yeah. 40 rebels about to lose... Reckon next week the Lib Dem, so his majority, you know, could be down yeah. to two very quickly, yeah, even the, one. Well, the question is, will he? Even with, will, will, even with will, your support. But the question that you asked was, was, would he do a U-turn? It may be different that people will stop him or try to stop him or circumstances, but that's a different question from him U-turning. I, 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 look, we, we we will wait and see events. It's very different. Who, 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 who in this game would predict for certain what will happen? But we're, well, exactly we're pretty, right. we're pretty confident. We're pretty Nigel, confident think, that the agreement we have with him will be one that will deliver on the strategic objectives. Boris is a man of many and I've U-turns said, and, I've said, um, <laughs> and I've said, Paul, to you, just as a final word, because um, we're almost at the end of the show here, and I've got to take a couple of calls before we go. Um, in the end, the, pub- the public and the people who listen to this radio show and the people who tweet me, the people who are in touch with me all the time, don't want to have this backwards and forwards. What if this happens? What if that happens? Yeah. What if you haven't taken account yeah. of that? What if some lawyer comes and steps in and says, oh, Nigel, you're in the wrong there. You can't do that. You know, we're sick of that. We don't want that anymore. We just want action. We want something to happen. And if it doesn't work out, that's something to, for another day. But they'd but you be up cannot, in arms, Mark, no, in, in, you in the event consi- of a hard no, Brexit no, Paul, and I'm a gonna, disastrous no, Paul, Brexit. I'm going to ask you to stop because we have to take a call. The bottom line for me is this. We cannot keep asking the question, what if I go out the front door and something terrible happens? You know, you still got to go out the front door. You can't stay in the house all You've day. got to deliver the Brexit referendum result. What happens after that is a matter for debate, for, for further campaigning if necessary, but you've got to deliver on the referendum result. Exactly right. Guys, thank you very much indeed. We're just going to go uh, to the calls. I've got Malcolm, uh, who's in Oxford. Malcolm, welcome to the show. Good morning, good afternoon. Good welcome afternoon, Malcolm. Boris, as our new Prime Minister, it wished it was today and not t- tomorrow. Well, it gives um, us an extra 24 hours to celebrate, I suppose. Well, I'll tell you now, uh, Mike, as you know, I listen to your programme all the time. You've had some fantastic guests on your show, but the chap that's been just sat alongside you by the name of Paul, Lord yes. Adonis, the unelected of unelected, and... Uh, Ian Blackford from the Scottish National. My goodness me, you would not want them three running this country. Would you want them <laughs> You certainly three? would not. They're like the three stooges. Well, also, you never get anywhere because all they do is talk around in circles and they never actually say, uh, let's do this because well, they're frightened of doing anything. That's well, the problem. Well, the thing is, Mike, we've heard twice this morning from Adonis and this Paul, oh, it was a less than 1% of the electorate, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter. So disappointed that so many people didn't vote, blah, blah, blah. Hang on a minute. We just elected a president of the European Commission and only 28 people was involved in that election and there's 500 million people (laughs) elected. You know, are these people for real? Well, that's a very good point, Malcolm, and thank you for making it, and thank you for listening, and thank you for making this show what it has become, which is really uh, the single standout voice uh, of the people who feel as if nobody's speaking for them. Gary's in Bournemouth, however, uh, to finish up. Gary, very good afternoon to you. Oh, hi there, uh, Mike. I listen to your show daily, and um, I, I have a lot of high regard for you, you know, very intelligent the way you thank come you. across. But I would like to say today that I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, although it's very upbeat um, because Boris has been elected, I'm very angry because, um, you know, he, he, come, he talks very positively. Yes. But are we forgetting that this is a homophobic man, this is a sexist man, 
this as a compulsive liar. Um, you know, there are so many th reasons that this man should not be our leader. And um, is Hunt a better idea? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't um, think Hunt would be a better idea. And whatever you may say about Boris Johnson, he would obviously argue that all of those things you've accused him of uh, are, are, are incorrect. Uh, yes, and he would try he would, and forget... But, you know, but the yeah. actual fact is he's on record for being a compulsive liar. Well, I mean, most politicians are compulsive liars, I suppose you could say, but, I mean, uh, we haven't got time I to get into of, that. I kind of wonder why you're celebrating. Do you really believe because I think he's, he's going to be a good. I think, he's, I, I think he's going to be a good prime minister, and I think he's going to be a man that makes things happen. You might not like the things that he makes happen, but for God's sake, we've been waiting for something to happen for three years. So let's get on with it. That would be my thing. Thank you very much indeed for your call, Gary. We'll come back to you later because I find myself surrounded by uh, characters from the Times now, which can only be a good thing. Matt Chorley to my right, Lucy Fisher to my left. Welcome uh, to the tent of shame in this glorious weather that we're having. Mike, the um, last time I saw you in this tent, you were, yeah. you were wearing all of your clothes. Do you know so there cold. were? You know there were there were some. <laughs> sadists urging me to bring the big heavy parker <laughs> coat and wear it just to see how long I could keep it on for. But I tell you what, I didn't realise it was going to be quite as hot as this. He is absolutely And boring. I was banned, I can tell you, from wearing shorts, um, which I wanted to do. There was a, a decision should, made at a very think, high level that I should not no be shorts. getting my legs out. I for think the, you just uh, pop your trousers off, Mike. I think, sort of I think tomorrow, you know, <laughs> it's going to be the old Speedos. But uh, anyway, what can I do for you? What do you make of it all? Well, I mean, uh, a slightly bigger margin than I think some people would expect, yes. 66%. I mean, interestingly, 1% lower than David Cameron managed in 2005, right. which uh, uh, I'm sure Boris's old mate Dave will find very amusing. <laughs> sure. Uh, more than uh, Jeremy Corbyn's as well, which yes. uh, Jeremy Corbyn loves to go on about the mandate that he mm. got from his uh, membership. Not so much recently, I no. suppose, uh, no, because the, the grassroots is slightly, deserting him. Yeah. Uh, but Lucy, I mean, we're expecting this massive rush of uh, resignations. We heard off the record that we thought uh, Gork might be going mm -hmm. straight away. But so far, we haven't quite seen that, have we? Well, it's very uh, early days. Yeah. Um, for me, what I'm obviously looking at is the sort of raft of defence and security issues that are fast swimming mm. towards Boris Johnson. And of course, once he gets into Downing Street, one of the first tasks he'll face will be being briefed by the defence chiefs about the UK's nuclear plans. Then he'll have to sit down alone in a room and write by hand four versions of his letter of last resort, the instructions to the submarine commanders of what to do in the event of nuclear apocalypse. Mm. So I hope that will focus his mind on the seriousness of several of the issues ahead, Iran crisis in the Gulf, lots of sort of interesting issues with the UK-US special relationship. He's got to appoint an ambassador, hasn't he, as well? He certainly does. Yeah. So what about the, uh, the, the, compl the complicated question, I suppose, of, of keeping his enemies within the tent, as it were? Jeremy Hunt stays as Foreign Secretary, does he? Michael Gove gets Northern Ireland, perhaps? I think the idea that Northern Ireland would be a promotion for Michael Gove is probably a bit far fetched. Well, it wouldn't I, be, would it? No. I think he'd like something a bit more. Well, nobody wants uh, Northern Ireland, do they? Well, not Historically. I mean, normally it's a job where you disappear and you're completely out of the uh, picture. Mm. It's currently a massive sort of hot potato. Yes. It? You know, not many people would want that. I think Boris Johnson's got to be very careful. On the one hand, he does need to reward people who have been loyal and supported mm. him. And he does need to refresh the cabinet. He probably needs more women. He probably needs, needs uh, more non white faces around the cabinet table. Um, but you're right, every person he sacks is potentially another rebel in a government which has only got a majority mm. of uh, three, possibly going down to two next week with the uh, by-election in Brecon. So um, it's a very difficult juggling act. And it, 
as we all know, Boris Johnson has a habit of leaving every person he's just spoken to thinking that they've agreed <laughs> with him. And so, which is why, ha I don't think he has actually told half a dozen people they're right. going to be Chancellor, but there are probably half a dozen people who, who, who are under the impression be, yes. that he might have suggested right. that. And will he change, do you think, I was quite surprised yesterday Jeremy Hunt was quite so pro-EU and, and not so much pro-American in the Iranian situation, saying that, you know, they're going to form this alliance with the EU. Yes. Is Boris likely to change that, do you think? Well, he could well do. We've known that Boris has tended to be a transatlanticist. Yeah. Um, he's obviously um, really pulled back from criticising Donald Trump over the Kim Barrack affair. Mm. Um, I think, interestingly, Iran is one area where the UK has traditionally deviated um, from Washington on foreign policy. The US has been far more hawkish in its rhetoric about taking on um, uh, Iran in a kind of military capacity. The UK doesn't want to do that at all. But I think when you listen to what Jeremy Hunt was saying in the Commons yesterday, he was talking about, you know, being robust in response to Iran's seizure of a British flag tanker, at the same time as saying that, you know, Britain still very much supports um, the floundering Iran deal, the, the, nu right. the nuclear deal. Mm. I'm not sure that's a position that can hold for terribly long. So, yeah, I think we could see Boris change direction. I think we can. Sadly, we're out of time. The show's over oh. until tomorrow. But we are, having, on. we are having <laughs> leaving, we're having leaving <laughs> drinks at Theresa May. We've got a card for her uh, if we'd like you to, uh, uh, to fill out as well of course. Uh, don't forget, uh, we are coming up uh, all day from the Tent of Shame here uh, on College Green. <laughs> Matthew Wright's coming after this at one o'clock. Uh, of course, we've then got uh, all the way through to James Well, seven to ten. It's all on talk radio. Don't want to lo lose a moment of it right here uh, in Westminster. We'll be back, of course, tomorrow at ten o'clock. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on talk radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show ten to one, Monday to Friday on talk radio via DAB online or via the talk radio app if you have an opinion on the stories we cover we'd love to hear from you call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at talk radio during the show to have your say the independent republic of mike graham on talk radio support comes from ServiceNow, the ai platform for business transformation you've heard the hype around ai the truth is AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.